Jen Follows, a podcast where I interview the people who I follow on social media. <laughs> was that too corporate for you? No, I was just about right. Okay, okay, right. okay. Uh, I'm with Daryl Wong. We are in your living room. Yes, we are. I see it on Instagram all the time. And it is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be on the show. Okay, so I don't know if you've listened to my podcast Hashtag before. Pod life, pod life. <laughs> so let's just talk about this really quick. So before this podcast started, um, I was posting an Instagram story and I didn't know what to, I wanted to put we be pod in, but you you thought that was I was very lame. It, no, I was gonna say lame. I said it sounds like something you do in the bathroom. Like pooping? Yeah. But no one who I don't go to the I don't, I don't know, go maybe, to, maybe in London, that's how they speak. I don't know. I don't go take a shit and be like, yo, we be pod in. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, no, lingo's different nowadays. You never know. So then I wanted to write um, podcast in progress, but that was too corporate. Too corporate. Way too corporate. So what did we land on? Pod life. Hashtag pod life. There was no hashtag. Oh, no hashtag. Just pod life. Just pod life. So here we are living our best pod life. You know it. <laughs> in your living room. <laughs> um, and so this podcast, I originally started out by trying to like dm people to get them to be on the podcast and then that didn't work so now i just interview my friends because it still works like i still follow you guys on social media yeah that's not, not a bad idea you know what i mean and as it keeps growing the more people you dm they'll start writing back like y'all want to be on it do you think drake will want to be on my podcast no never nah nah he reps toronto but not not like that maybe if he's like in la move to la and i'm like y'all got this Pod life cast, you know, we know, jump on. I'm shocked and appalled that you do not support Drake being on my podcast. I mean, you asked me an honest question. Do you say, do I think he'll come on? Not if you're in Toronto. No. When Drake is on my podcast, I'm going to tell him about this day. You make sure he says pod life. <laughs> right? I'll make sure he says pod life. <laughs> pod life, pod life. We'll do a whole thing. Pod's plan. Pod's plan. <laughs> New album on the way. <laughs> All right, so Daryl, you and I actually met at a party, and I don't really remember it. <laughs> that doesn't sound too good. I don't know. You remember the state I was in? Uh, was I in a state? Do you remember? No, nah, I thought you was just fine. Yeah, that's the problem. I seem fine often. Duly noted. But often I am. I'm all, actually no. I'm always fine. You always fine. Yeah, I'm always okay. fine. Okay. Have you ever seen me not fine? No, I haven't. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so tell me about the party we met at. Uh, I believe it was um a charity event, like an auction for artists. Yep. That um the director X's company was putting on, and we came out there to um you know show some love to the artists and to director X company. He's trying to help the youth and um stop gun violence and um um help prevent gun violence with mental health and um. It was for Operation Prefrontal Cortex, right? Yes, correct. What a mouthful that it one is. is. Mm-hmm. You abbreviate that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, op, op, EF, op, EFC, I think they call it. Op, I need a better one. Op, PF. Yeah, it's hard. With, with race, it's so hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But there is a really great message behind it, right? It's it's all about mindfulness and meditation yes. for under underprivileged youth in the city. Is it for underprivileged youth or any youth? It, anybody. They're any trying, youth. They're trying to actually get to the police department on it as well. Oh, that's really dope. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so, yes, there was an art auction. Did you buy any art? Did you bid? No. You just went to chill? Yeah, make right? people chill. Actually, there was one piece of art that um that was actually really cool that I liked. But, you know what I mean? I saw the price tag. And I was like, ah. How much is it? Let's find out. How much is too much for Daryl? For a piece of art? Yeah. <laughs> Anything over four figures, yeah, that's not happening. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But some, yeah, but Jay-Z says that art is a great investment. And I have Jay-Z money. It will be a great investment. <laughs> we're going to get you there. We're, we're trying Hopefully. really hard to get you there. <laughs> we'll see what happens. What was the art that you, what, can you describe it to me? Um, Honestly, I can't really remember. No, it was, um, oh God, it had like the Vogue magazine covers on it and it was mixed and blended together. It was next to the art piece with the guy that was like, was, act like he was in jail. Got it. I remember that one. Was it kind of like Andy Warhol inspired vibes? I think so. I think so. Like, because it was like the different colors? Yes. And different vote. It was, it like, was bright and it was like different colors. I, I vaguely remember this. Vaguely remember this. It was nice. It caught my eye. Yeah, yeah. So um, you hit me up after the party uh, to talk about things to work on. Yes. And now we are working on something, which is so exciting. Yes. Yay! Definitely excited for um, And I got to learn a lot about you. You're such an interesting character. So, mm-hmm. um, no, you're very interesting. Mm-hmm. The first thing everyone says to you when they meet you is like, oh my God, you're so, so tall. tall. You must be a ball player. And I say, nah, I play hockey. You don't say that. <laughs> I've been there. You don't say that. <laughs> no, I say thank you. Thank you so much. I used to. Another life. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's so corporate. Yeah, no. You should be like, we be balling. <laughs> Hey, not gonna want to work with me. We be balling. <laughs> um, okay, so you were a pro ball player for like fourteen years. Uh, ten years. Ten years. I I made up that number. I I was really going for it. I thought it was gonna confident. be. I know. I was like fourteen. No, ten. Maybe it was fourteen. Have me convinced. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, so you played for ten years. Um, was that? Uh, this is a stupid question because obviously it was. Was that like your dream? Yes. Yeah. Can you remember the first time that you, like, had the idea like I want to be a professional basketball player? Oh man, uh, I guess I was nine, nine or ten. Yeah. Um, I came from a football family, and I did not want to play football no more. So you always make fun of me about it. And um, I think it was my first time I actually sitting and watching a game. Cause I wasn't playing out with everybody, so I saw Michael Jordan play, and he was just like amazing. So I wanted to try that. So like you know, start going out to the local park more, start playing. And um, no, I just fell in love with it, you know, especially because I wasn't getting like tackled by like three people anymore. So yeah, it sounds painful. Um, it can be when everybody's bigger than you. Yeah, definitely can. Well, but you're pretty big. Not at that point, no. And I used to play with my older cousins who were like five, seven years older than me. How tall are you? I'm six seven now. Six? What do you mean six seven now? Did you shrink? At at nine or ten years old. Oh no, yeah. yeah. Obviously, you were (laughs) seven at nine or ten years old. Okay, um, anyone who's watching this on video, I would just like to say that we could not fix this sun because there's no blinds. Yeah, there's no blinds. We like the sun, I mean, the sunset over here. Did you see yeah. how I, I put the blame on you? I was like, if you're watching, this is his <laughs> fault. This, actually, it's my wife's fault. Um, she took on the blinds for her plants back here. Well, but it's just your fault. We can't blame your wife. Me. She's not involved in this. I'm not going to take the blame. Yeah, you are. This is why it looks like this. It's <laughs> his fault. And he's a DP. It's, it's interesting this way. It's interesting. Um, it's We're going for an interesting oh, look. Oh, don't attack my DP because <laughs> I asked you if we could put up and cut the light. Okay. He's like, nah, fuck it, let's just go. Okay. To be fair, Daryl did ask me, do we want to fix the light? And I was like, fuck it. It's a raw podcast. Whatever. Let's just go for it. Yeah, so watch. The first person who's going to watch this is going to comment like, oh, man. Why is the light so light. shit? He's a DP. I'm never hiring that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a disclaimer. I'll put a disclaimer <laughs> in the body. Please note, <laughs> Daryl had nothing to do with the lighting in this video. Um, okay, so nine, ten years old, you didn't want to play football anymore. You hated getting tackled. You decided you want to play basketball. Hmm. Um, then what happens? 
and I play for a number of years, get better, grow taller. And you know, I mean, in the meantime, like my cousins and everybody, my um, older brothers, they still call me um, a punk, calling me soft because I quit football. And I got real nice and started getting like looked at by like the papers. Oh yeah, oh there. yeah. Everybody became my cheerleader. It's like, oh man, oh, you knew he was gonna be nice. Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it kind of went like that. Um, got became good. Got scouted. I had actually a real um, a harsh reality, a harsh um, reality call. Is that the way? Is that the term? Reality check. The reality check. Thank it's you. It's a reality check. Um, so my senior year of high school was the last year you could go from straight from high school to NBA. Mm-hmm. So I used to play against guys on the circuit, like you know, Sebastian Telfia, Dwight Howard, J.R. Smith. It was like nine, seven, nine guys that went straight from high school to NBA. So, did you save J.R. Smith's life one time? No, no, no. That was um, that was um, what's the name? They used to play for the Raptors, James Johnson. Oh, you're gonna tell me that story after, <laughs> but continue. So, um, so yeah, so Adidas has this big tournament, and they invite all the um, AAU teams that are sponsored by them. So, um, I mean, about six of the seven or nine players were going to be there, top players in the country. So I was already like top 100 in New York. And I was like, right, you know what? I'm going to have a great tournament this time. And, you know what I mean? I'm going to go straight to NBA. So I'm leaving the house to go on this road trip. And I look at my parents. I'm like, yo, when I come back, I quit your jobs. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kick on to the league. And boy, whew, I was not on their level. That was like a real reality, reality check. It got ugly. I mean, I had a, a good tournament, but not like them. It got really ugly when I played against them. So. Really? Yep. So I came back home just like, yo. College Sorry, I go. guys. Going to college. What did that feel like? Uh, it sounds soul crushing. It was. It, it very much was. I mean, very much was. But I mean, um, I figured like you know, I'll go to college, do a year or two, and then I'll be good enough to enter the draft. And nope, that didn't happen. I had to do it four years. Oh no! <laughs> what did you study in college? Finance. What? Yeah, I was really good with numbers. Are you a financial person? Yeah, I'm actually really good with numbers. You- Probably not no more. Having practiced. Well, not as good as I used to be having practice like I used to, but I was really good with numbers. So, what, you like run spreadsheets and shit? I used to be able to. Stop. I used to be able to run spreadsheets. I used to be really good at doing accounting. What am I doing executive producing our project? I want to hold the camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, you went to school for finance. Yes. Um, You finished? Yes. Okay, good job. Congratulations. Thank you. So, what do you have, like a bachelor's of finance? Yes, bachelor's Stop. Of Why isn't it framed on this wall? Okay. You don't know. Never you, going to use you, it. You don't know where it is. <laughs> no, I know where it is. My, well, my mom never had the opportunity to go to college, so she has it. She has it framed up like it's her degree. Um, you know, <laughs> she probably pays her name over it. For all I know. I love that. But um, yeah, no, I just figured it out. Never probably use it, so because I did not actually, I got an accounting job one year, and I pretty much walked out the office. Why? Because I was like, yo, I'm not going to be in this cubicle for the rest of my yo, life. Yo, fuck cubicles. Yeah. So much. Hashtag. Hashtag fuck cubicles. Can we start that after pod life? <laughs> the pod life. Hashtag pod life. Hashtag fuck, fuck cubicles. cubicles. <laughs> okay. So you go on to play professional basketball. Yes. Which is a big feat. Yes. Yes. I like think so. It is. It's it's massive. Um, and how does that come about? Like, how do you get into the professional basketball ring um so back then i mean it's a little bit different now but back then it was you know i mean you get scouted by it well your goals get scouted by the nba which i did um i didn't make no teams though so i ended up not going into the draft 
And then uh, some other agents came to me and was like, you know, I want to go overseas, you know, do a couple years overseas and, you know what I mean, maybe you'll come back to the league. So it was that. But then my first job was in Japan and I loved it. Like I loved being out the country, experiencing new cultures and stuff like that. And I was like, I want to travel the world. So like, I just, uh, shit. That's our director. The DP also didn't turn his phone on silent during recording. (laughs) I'm a horrible podcast. Yeah. Pod life, baby. Pod life. Pod life. Pod life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, okay. So you go to Japan. Go to Japan. Fell in love with traveling, you know, experiencing new cultures. And then for the next 10 years, just played in every country I could. Uh, made a good made a good amount of money. Had great fun. Won championships. Made some met some amazing people. Had amazing experiences. Things that um um I understand now how special they are. But back then it was just like I'm just living it. So it was like mm-hmm. oh, this is fun. This is really cool. But now I look back on it when I tell people the stories. They're like, oh shit, like you really did that? Are you really around that? I was like, yeah. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, yeah you did do it. Yeah. All right. It was fun. <laughs> It was good. That was good. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of, in- a lot of interesting things happened. Like, you know, I met the president of Toyota when I was in Japan, which was really cool because everybody was scared of him. Small little Asian guy. He was like so cool. <laughs> he was like so cool. Uh, I mean, met a bunch of sheiks out in Saudi Arabia, ate dinner with them. I thought they was going to bury me and kill me because we lost the game, but they didn't. They just fed me in the middle of the desert, which was weird. That's a pleasant surprise. It was because I was definitely going to shit my pants on that ride. I was fucking terrified okay please tell t- please tell me more <laughs> please so we i use in saudi because i wasn't um i was a muslim and i played for a team in mecca so the stadium would be outside of mecca and i had to take special roads so i had a personal driver to drive me to and from games to and from practice and home and um after the game we lost i mean i played good I played really good i had like 32 but we lost and um I know the management was upset because it was like our second loss in a row. So the manager came to me. He's like, yo, Daryl, I'll drive you home. I sent the driver away. I'm driving you home. So I was like, I, I'm thinking like maybe he's just going to fire me. Cool. I'll deal with that when it comes. So we're driving. I'm just thinking in my head how to, not to, you know, how to respond, what to say. And then like we're on this road. And it's the road we normally take, but there's no lights. And he just turns off the road and starts driving in the middle of the desert. Like there's no, no lights. It's just pitch blackness ahead of us and my mind oh no instantly goes to casino when they drove the guy to the desert they buried him alive and i was like yo they're gonna bury me alive in saudi because i lost a fucking game and um because we drove for like i'll say about like 30 40 minutes in the desert in pitch darkness to the point where i was just like because i was like yo if i hit him we might crash i gotta get out the car hit him get in the car, but then I'm, I'm in the middle of the desert. I don't know where the hell I'm at. This is so scary. I think I would have died of a heart attack, like just in the car, like, <gasps> yeah. dead. Even though heart was racing, I mean, butt cheeks were clenched, like, because I just fucking scared, you know? Why are your butt cheeks clenched when you're scared? You know, you just like, your whole body just tightens up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. So, um, like, out in the distance, is a small light that appears, mm-hmm. and as you drop, you're closer and closer to it. And it's like his brother was lived out in the desert and like he had these tents and these generators up there and um, had like lambs and goats. Oh my God, this sounds so nice. Yeah, it was actually. You went from from a murder plot to a wonderful desert retreat. Yeah. And then like, well, it was actually a 
still still a little scary at first because like at first it's like oh shit oh this is really cool and then like his um at one of the tents comes his brother and he has like his tarp thing on him and he has like blood on him and big ass machete and I was just like ah uh, here we go what? <laughs> and he was like he was like um so like, come on Derek get the car I was like mm, mm. <laughs> mm. but now nah, he um he he just killed the goat and, and you know was feeding us right 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 so um it was just I guess his killing goat supplies or some shit like that yeah 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 <laughs> that sounds like proper killing goat supplies machete yeah. tarp yeah yeah or and also killing people supplies that's what mine was right but, you know right I mean? I'm with you on they that they try to call me crazy I'm with you <laughs> but um <laughs> so yeah so um, now they just fed us and smoked some shisha and eat the stars it was dope it was actually a really cool experience and not what I thought it was going to be yeah, you had so you, I, I know you've had so many of these experiences because we've spoken about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the first time we met, I didn't really like know who you were or what your background was. And you told me so many crazy stories about traveling the world yeah. and playing basketball. It just really like not only I think did you live your dream, but like all of those experiences have informed this like wonderful human being who is here today. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a different person than I was when I grew up in New York. Um, I was really, I mean, I guess I've always been a little bit sociable, but it's like, if I didn't know you, it was kind of like, fuck you, I don't want to talk to you, I don't want to get to know you type of thing. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, hey, how you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I go I go back home to New York, and everybody's like, yeah, you actually, like, kind of sound Canadian, and like, just really nice. I kind of say sorry to people now. It's just weird. Well, so, okay, wait, but how did you end up in Canada? Uh, that's because of my wife. <laughs> um, Married a Canadian. Yeah. They'll get you every time. Boy, will they. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was playing in Canada, and I met her at a game. And um, we kind of, like, kind of hit it off. I mean, after she turned me down a bunch of times, I kind of, like, persistence was key and won her over. And um, once she got to know me, she saw what kind of a good person I was. And we just, like, clicked. So... It was actually really weird. I was in a real weird point in time in my life. She was and she helped me get back to being normal. So like, uh, I was like, I really want to give this a real opportunity. So like, I sold all my stuff, packed like two bags of everything I, I guess clothes with clothing ones that I owned at that time, and like showed up on her doorstep. I was like, Yo, I'm here. I'm going to sing work. Oh. And I've been living in Canada ever since. This is so wonderful. She calls it creepy. Which I can kind of get. I love this. No man would ever do that for me. You said that yet. You said that That's awesome. And so you've been in Canada ever since. Ever since. How many years has it been? Eight. Oh my gosh! You've been married for eight. No, married for how many years? Um, now um, being close to over two, two and a half. Uh, and so your relationship, I'm always so jealous of it <laughs> because for anyone listening to this podcast or watching who doesn't know who Daryl is, um, Daryl actually, so his basketball career, um, he's retired. And so now he is a director of photography. So he shoots, he has all this wonderful camera equipment. He loves to take pictures and experiments and, and make videos. Um, and his wife, among many things, um, creates content. She is an influencer and a content creator. And so the two of you live my dream. You take her picture all the time. Like, (laughs) I just want someone to take my picture. That's all I want. I just want a man who knows how to take my photo in good lighting. There's some photographers out there. You know, just DM. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) 
I also would just like to apologize. The air conditioning is on. It's going on and off. But it is like the hottest day of the year. So it we is. cannot turn it off. We will be sweating. It will not be enjoyable for any party involved. I'm actually adjusting. I'm looking at the camera. Like the light's hitting you perfectly. And it's like yeah, check, check. Spots on me. Okay, I'm going to stop. Just everyone, the podcast is about to stop so I can take a screen grab. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please check my Instagram for the fire lighting that we just um, experienced. So, <laughs> okay. So back to basketball. You're well, so your whole family's in New York. Yes. How often? So that must be hard for you with coronavirus. You can't go back. Um, during the coronavirus, it was hard because you know I mean, I want to be there to help them. And then all the protests was going out there. I would love to be there to protest with them in the street. Unfortunately, I could, but like I'm always used to being away from home because. I left home at six, 16. I've been traveling around ever since because um, I went over my first time leaving the country. At 16, I went to a Nike tournament in uh, Switzerland. Okay. And I've been traveling with basketball pretty much ever since. So like once I finished high school, I went to college down south. And after college down south, I went to Japan. And then started bouncing all over Asia and South America from there. And then fucking landed up in Canada. Well, it's you know not so bad here. No, actually, it's, it's pretty pretty great here. You like it? Yeah, I do. You're going to stay? Yeah. Got my permanent residency, so. Yay! I so other than, okay, actually, I'm going to start the other way around. When you think about all of your time overseas mm -hmm. and all the countries you've been to and all the basketball games you play, what was the lowest point? Of my basketball career or just life just in general? in general. It can be basketball or life. Do you really want to hear that? It's going to be depressing. I don't know now. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about your highest point next. So, like, we, we, we'll go, we can go there and then we're going to bring you out of it. Um, lowest point in my life okay. was um, when my brother died. Oh. I was uh, overseas and after every game I called my father. And um, we would, you know, I mean, talk about the game and stuff like that. And I had a good game. And usually he's, like, responding right back to me. And he's just like, yo, you just sit down. And then he tells me what happened to my brother. And I remember I just blacked out, uh, broke a lot of shit from what I was told. <laughs> Ended up getting very drunk. And then I'm hopped on, got the team to put me on the next flight back home. And got there in time, just in time enough to see him pull the plug. And so, yeah, so that was like the lowest point of my life. I wanted to give up on ball. Um, yeah, it got really, really, really depressing, really dark. A lot of drinking. Lot I'm sorry of to hear that. That's no, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm better now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's tough losing a sibling. Yeah, he was, uh, he was my personal hero. He was my rock. Um, he was two years older than me. So, like, since my eyes opened in this world, he was, mm -hmm. he was there for you. Yeah, we grew up in a, um, not the greatest neighborhood, not the roughest either, but not the greatest. And um, I would talk a lot of shit because mm -hmm. I knew he was always there behind me, and he would fight because, like, you know, I mean, we had a rule in our house, like you, if one if one gets fucked up, you better both come home fucked up. Like, you know, you just don't stand there and watch. And um, so yeah, we if I start something, he'd be there to fight and finish it for me. And then if he got into something, I'll try my best. But I was a little thing, like, yeah, it would throw me off. I'll just bite somebody or some shit like that. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, um, but like. Now nah, we were just always together. They used to call me his shadow, and things of that sort. And um, yeah, it was um, it was sad because like um, he never had a chance to leave the country, mm -hmm. and um, he just got his passport. And I was gonna bring him out with me for the Aww. season, and then he died. How did he pass? 
Uh, so we have asthma in my family, mm-hmm. and he was laying in bed with his um girlfriend um at the time, and um he had an asthma attack, and the pump wasn't working, so she was trying to get him to the car to take him to the hospital, and he's much bigger than her. He's like six six four, and he's why to me? He's like six four, about two thirty, mm. and she's small, smaller, small Asian woman, and so she's he's leaning on him, and then like he couldn't keep his body up no more, so he like kind of collapsed, mm. and she fell in the street, and you know this time she called the ambulance, she called nine one one, so like cops always show up to scene first, and he's a black man, a big black man, with no shirt on because he was laying in bed, it's like two o'clock in the morning or something like that, and um, she's like begging him like to bring an oxygen tank, and they're just there like questioning her. Like, you know, he's on drugs. What drugs is he on? It's next to the third. And, you know, like anybody, she's frantic and she's trying to explain to him. He's just having an asthma attack. He needs some oxygen, blah, blah, blah. So they question her for a while. And then another cop comes and, and she's begging for oxygen in the tank. And they didn't bring it. They start questioning her all over again. The same question. Oh, my God. And um, he pretty much died right there in the street. By the time the ambulance get, it takes a while for ambulance to get to the hood. So by the time the ambulance get there, I think he went like 30 minutes with no oxygen to bring something like that and they tried doctors tried their best to bring him back but by the time i got there he was brain dead so yeah yeah i can't i i can't even imagine how your family was feeling at that time uh, i broke like us. How, yeah. yeah it broke us for a while mm, still kind of broken but you know i mean you try your best to recover life is never the same again and i understand that now people that i spoke to that lost siblings mm-hmm. they always say like life will never ever be the same again you just learn to live it differently yeah I definitely get that now uh but you know what i mean you you try your best to go on hmm. yeah. yeah i mean telling that story and then now i mean we're living through this very insane time um there's a huge civil rights movement happening on the global stage like does that bring memories back to you when you when you like a of your brother you know looking to the police for help in this like very like dire time in his life and like not receiving it like do you make that connection when when you hear um, the news sometimes yes uh, i mean like i never trust cops never 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 trust cops where i'm from and it's, and, and it sucks to say that because um one of my childhood friends uncle if he became a cop and he's trying to make a difference he really is but you know, I mean, at the same time, and like during the protest, I called him to see if he was all right. But I told him, like, kind of don't got that much sympathy for you, man. Good luck out there. You know what I mean? Because like you're kind of on the wrong side of this right now. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? I get it. I, I get it. I was thinking, but like, yo, you're kind of on the wrong side right now. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it brings you back. You just, I mean, it, go, it goes on much worse for the families. I mean, even though we still lost somebody in our family. It wasn't like they held a gun to that. Yes, they could have helped them, but you know, I know people like brothers, mothers, fathers mm. killed in the street by cops. Yeah. Does it? I mean, I know, I know that there's this kind of systemic racism not only in the states, but but everywhere. But do you feel kind of like blessed to be in Canada now? I feel um, safer. Safer, yeah. yeah. Definitely feel safer. I mean, like I said before, I wish I was um, in New York at this moment so I could like march with mm-hmm. my family and my friends. But um, definitely feels good. Like I could walk around the street, go get some groceries, and not look over my back. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean, I feel safe. I yeah. feel safer in Canada. You know, what I mean, when I see a cop car walk by, I don't have to like stop what I'm doing. You know, back when I was growing up, I had to stop and frisk in New York. So it was like cops just roll up on us and just 
put us in cups and like is that like, legal not no more it was when i was younger though that's fucked like, we'll be out normally just hanging out walking and they'll just pull up on us and like hit us and like throw us against the wall and start checking our pockets i mean it's it's actually you know i mean got really lucky because there's some people that like they planted fake drugs on them you know what i mean things of that sort of like um what's the name talika brown is it Hmm. Forgot what, there's a documentary on him but like you know what i mean cops pulled him over to stop stop a frisk and blamed him for a robbery that he didn't do he was in jail for like three years yeah i i have no words it's just like i hear these stories i've been hearing them not only this year but like you hear them over and over and over again and i just like i don't know what else to say uh just make sure you go out there and vote. So I don't like really change shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's all you, I mean, that's all you can really do. I well, mean, there's another way to do things, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, your brother's definitely watching over you. I don't know. I have a sibling who passed away, and I... I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, no, that's okay. I often say, like, she's just, like, my guardian angel. Like, I should definitely be dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> But thank God for her. <laughs> Looking out from above. Like, yeah, oh, no, she's like, well, what are you doing? Stop that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and 10 years abroad, um, experiencing all kinds of different cultures. You lived all over South America, Asia. Um, I don't, like, I don't even know where else. You'll tell us later. But what was your, when you think about your, your t- professional career, was like the, the most elated moment, the best moment? Like you think about it, you're like, yes, I fucking did that. Uh, I guess career, I mean, it's two. I mean, career-wise is one and it's life-wise. Okay. Like, uh, career-wise, um, winning the championship in Ecuador, I had a great, great championship run. They treat me like a god when I'm out there, which is awesome. They had this huge, huge parade, which was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, life-wise, was meeting my wife, hands down. Um, she's my best friend. She helped fill that void of when I lost my brother. And um, it's cool to actually always be yourself around somebody so you could be corny together. I mean, half the time, more than half the time, we just chill in the crib. And like just joke and drink and that's another thing like i actually found a woman who could actually like really drink and like hang with me when i drink because like i got i go through bottles like you guys are so cute why don't bottles. you ever invite me over to drink oh yeah well, i'm gonna invite you now okay good we only met but so long ago and then we covid didn't... happened like yeah, yeah that's true we didn't meet that long ago but i love to drink <laughs> <laughs> yeah next time i'll make some drinks i definitely invite you over man. okay it's, it's good the uh um what was it friday friday yeah we did a uh, Hennessy Coladas. Um, I was available on Friday. Were you? I don't know, actually. I don't know where I was on Friday. <laughs> so you look at that. Yeah. I'm blaming you. I don't even know if you was available. <laughs> I was available. <laughs> Hennessy Coladas. Yeah. Okay. You have all the best recipes for cocktails. I got great recipes for Hennessy. Well, yeah, Hennessy. She got good recipes for... Um, for the other ones? Yeah. Mm. She, likes to, she likes to drink fancy. I like fancy uh, drinks too. With the garnish and everything. But here's my thing. I hate to make them. Like, I'm not a... Like, I'll cook and everything, but I'm not about to go and shake up cocktails. Yeah, she do. She got a little fancy shaker now. It's cute stuff. though, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I drink to get my fill in and feel, get to where I need to be. You know what I mean? And 
I could, I like drink my drink straight. So like all the fancy stuff, don't really do it for me. But I will do it when I'm being social. I guess you say. Okay. But if I'm by myself, it's usually just straight. Straight what? Alcohol, like. Uh, yeah, no I ice. know alcohol, but oh, which Hennessy. one? Oh, Hennessy. Yeah, Hennessy. Don't Hennessy. look at me like that. What do you mean? You <laughs> know it's Hennessy. I tell you all the time about Hennessy. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I'm trying to ask so the people can know. Oh, okay. I, I, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> didn't know it was Hennessy. Pot life, baby. Pot life, pot life. <laughs> um, okay, so meeting your wife was your best personal life moment. Mm-hmm. What was the career one? Uh, career one was winning winning championship in Ecuador. Oh was, yeah, oh, right, right. Oh, well, no, excuse me. There was a moment like that. Like, um, my parents were in uh, distress and they needed some money from me, mm-hmm. and me being able to lend it to them so to get them out that hole was a great feeling for some fact that my parents sacrificed so much for mm-hmm. me to have opportunity to live my dream. So me being able to help them out mm-hmm. was that was like the highlight of my pro career. I love that. Yeah, that was that was that was great. I mean that was great. Like and like and to have them have to ask me and to look at them and be like, you don't have to ask me. It's, this is all yours anyway. Like, yeah, what right. You do, what like, you do for me? Like yeah. I wouldn't even be here without the sacrifice you made. Like you'll take it. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. I I think that's a um, an amazing feeling to yeah. know that you can be there, not only financially but just be there. You know, for yeah. your family. No, it was, it was definitely a great feeling. So. My favorite story from your professional career okay. has not yet come up. And now, everyone, please sit down, get the popcorn, because this is the best story you'll hear all day. Well, uh, which Hope, story is it? When you, when you went to jail. Uh, I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> okay, ready? I'm going to go three, two, one in jail. Ready? <laughs> ready, ready, ready? Three, two, one, jail. So um, I was playing in Saudi Arabia, and like I was telling you before, I'm not Muslim, so I couldn't like go into Mecca to deposit my money. So my teammate who's from out there would drive me in the other import um, to Jeddah, which is an open city. So we had to drive like on this long highway through the desert for like an hour. So um, Saudi is actually a very safe country. The most dangerous thing out there is the driving. It's like they play bumper cars on the road. And um, I guess my teammate Hassan cut off a guy on the road. So he drives and pulls up on, ne- on next to us and his windows down. He's just yelling in Arabic at us, just yelling and cursing and stuff like that. And then um, Hassan starts yelling back. And I'm just like in the passion seat, just watching him go back and forth. And like, I don't speak Arabic, but like, I know fuck your mother. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> every language known to man. And uh, that's pretty much what he said to Hassan. And um, at that point in time, Hassan's mom was dying. Mm-hmm. I believe she had cancer. And so, like, that really, I mean, hit a, hit a soft spot for him. So, he, like, cut the guy off on the highway, and they both hit their handbrakes. And then, like, on a four-lane highway, and, like, all traffic stops, they hop out the car. Stop. This is insane. Yeah. <laughs> they hop out the car on the highway and just start fighting right there. And it happens so quick. I'm in the car, and I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? I turn back on my teammate, and he, like, pulls out his phone. like, world star. Stop. Like, he world starred in Saudi? I guess he did. I, I don't know. He had the video. I know he definitely had the video. He had his phone ever recorded. And um, so I got the car. And, like, I guess driving, everybody kind of looks the same height, stuff like that. And, um, like, sounds a professional basketball player. And this guy was just, I guess, a regular average dude. 
So sounds like six three, six four. He's had a car. He starts. <laughs> this guy's about five eight, five nine. Oh no! He starts it's a huge his height advantage. Ass. Oh my god! Was it? And it sounds in shape, muscle. He starts whooping his ass. I'm talking about just giving him the business. So like, I get out the car. I want to break it up because like, I was gonna kill this guy. So I'm like, I'm trying to break it up. Um, Show me like, so what? What are you, are you like refereeing right now? Like, I, I grab a sign, try to pull him back, and I'm trying to like push the guy okay. back so like he can get free because Sans like still holding him swinging so he gets out of Sans grip and he runs to the car like how he was trying to run to the car looking like he was trying to get something so I run to the car after him I grab him and he falls down and he like kind of like he's like half in the car half in the car and he grabs a machete so I'm holding the machete so many machetes it. in your life yeah I know man anyways wow. so he gets a machete why did was there a machete in the car He's about that life, you know what I mean? Okay. Like when he when he puts the handbrake, I guess he's ready to chop some folk. You know what I mean? So um, he, I'm holding his hand and I'm asking, I'm screaming for help from a voice like, you know what I mean? So I can like get the guy out the machete out of his hand. A son comes over and his starts like kicking him again. I'm like, yo, stop, like the fight's over. Let's you know, dead it. People come out the car, they help me break it up. So out in Saudi, I guess like the culture's like whoever's oldest around things like this kind of has like to say so so mm -hmm. this older guy was like y'all pull your cars off to the side and call the police and you know wait for the police to come so um i look at the sign i'm like yo fuck that like let's bounce like let's right that's here. what i would be saying yeah yeah you know i mean I'm like, yo, let's get out of here and he's like no no uh, inshallah it'll be okay you know what i mean we got, we got to he said to we got to pull over i'm like yo son you're with two americans who have a bunch of money on them and you just almost killed the guy like yo let's get out of here yeah it's like no no i'll be okay this is my problem you'll be out you'll be held out of it i'm like all right fine so we pull over and i guess also how it works out there whoever calls the cops first have like the upper hand okay so this, this guy calls the cops and he's all bloodied up too and um so i'm sitting in the car and they're talking to the cops and I, I called my boy back in new york i'm telling him what's going on and he, he's like yo son they're gonna arrest you g and i'm like yo what it's like, yo, they're going to arrest you, man. I was like, no, they're not. And as soon as I said that, I looked up, and the cop just looked at me and started walking over. And I was like, no. Oh. So he, like, he, like, taps on my window. And he's <laughs> Drive away, drive away. <laughs> I don't got the keys. So I got the keys. Yeah. He's out there. But, like, he taps on the window. He's like, passport. And I'm like, nah. Then he, like, pulls up his AK. Taps on the window. like, a passport. <laughs> so I, I open the door, give him the passport. And then he's like, everybody comes down to the precinct. So, you know, fast forward a little bit, we're at the precinct, they bring an interpreter in, I tell them the size of the story, I tell them, like, yo, I just broke it up. Hassan tells them, like, yo, it, was, it wasn't them, it was just me fighting the guy. And the guy tells them, like, yo, they jumped me. So, um, pretty much long, pretty much it gets to the point where it's like, you know, I mean, I had, we had a call, to, um, a guy signed a call management, management comes, and they're like, what's the issue? They talk to them, and pretty much those guys are like, Police are like, yo, he'll drop all charges. You pay him like three, four thousand dollars. Pay the man. And I'm like, yo, bet. Look at my manager, like, yo, pay that man. Let's get the hell out of here. Yes. And he's like, oh no, no. You know what I mean? They got no case against you. Be okay. Oh my God. I'm like, yo, three, four thousand dollars, whichever one it was, three, four thousand dollars. I'm like, yo, that's nothing to them. Like they like they they fucking shit money out there. I'm like, yo, that's nothing to you. Just pay this man. Listen, you know what I mean, let's get the fuck out of here. He's like, no, 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 no. I can I can get them to drop the charges anyway. I'll handle it. Just just wait here, patient. So he goes in the room, they're talking, and um, me, Hassan, are talking with the night crew. Like, you know, we're sitting there talking with them, and they're like, they're fans of ours, they watch us on TV, so we're just joking, laughing, talking with them. And then, like, um, one of the guards walked by me, and he just, like, it was like broken English, but he was like, called an embassy. And they kept moving. I was like, yo, what? And then, like, 
five seconds later, the big chief, I guess he came from downstairs, I came from upstairs, so he comes down, he's like, yo, there's no deal, lock him up. And I'm just looking like, yo, what? And like, they like, yo, you gotta lock you up. I'm like, oh, my phone call, like, now nah, we gotta lock you up. No phone call? No, nothing. So they didn't, they didn't throw us in the cell. They put us like in like, I guess like the employee lounge. Okay. Like, there's like couches and it was TV. I like that. Yeah, it was cool. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm tripping, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, I'm kind of comfortable. comfortable. I got some food here. I got some yeah, TV. TV. So, you know what I mean? And they're like, yo, you'll go to court and um, you'll go to court tomorrow and everything will get straightened out. So I'm like, all right, so I fall asleep and the morning crew comes in like 6, 7 a.m. And they come in like busting the door down, yelling us at They start hitting us. Little batons and everything. Why do they, they hate you guys so much? I don't know. I guess they were fans of ours. They started hitting us. They put us in, uh, put us in the cuffs. They put shackles around our feet. Oh my they, god! They take us to the cells. So walk around this long corridor, and we pass like uh, it's like this big window in one of the cells, and the room is like really small. It's like three, three, four hundred square feet, probably something like that. And it's like 40, 50 people in there. And then like some of them like press against the window and they just Stop. stand down. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh God, please. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, please don't throw us in there. Don't throw us to the sharks. And then like, you know what I mean? I start, start thinking about myself, start thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? So I got my head down, talking out loud, because me and Hassan next together, it all, you know, we're shackled up, we're walking. I'm like, yo, Hassan. They're gonna throw us in the cell. We gotta go um put our backs against the wall and like hand tack us right away. And then it's like, yo, we're bigger than most of them. We just start taking them out one by one. Like, yo, and I'm talking about yo, we're going for kneecaps, him in the throat, like we're trying to break legs, like, you know what I mean? We're trying to do everything we can to scare him off because there's way more of them than are us. But we got going in strong. We got going like showing a united Good pep front, talk. You know Good I mean? pep talk. Like and I don't hear nothing from him. So I'm like, yo, son, you hear me? I turn, this guy's crying, snap coming out of his nose. <laughs> All this stuff praying. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, yo, we're dead. They can see all this shit. I'm like, yo, we're, we're fucking dead, son. Like, yo, it's so it's a wrap. <laughs> I like, we showed the, the the most amount of weakness you can show when you go to jail. And um, you know, I, mean, I guess the Lord heard my prayer. Uh, or maybe it was Stevie, you know, my brother. Upstairs, it was your like, brother for sure. So put us our own private cell. And um, but like, there's like a metal bed frame, no mattress, blowing out cold air. It was like shit on the side of the walls. And we was just in there. But I was like, at least it's just us two. And um, we were there for like a day, day and a half. And then they took Hassan out because Hassan had to go to um, court for us because I'm not Muslim, so I can't go to court either. Um, so he's there representing both of us. So he took him out for like half the day. So then like I'm just like bored in the cell by myself, chilling. And um, I hear noise coming out the window <laughs> of, the, of the corridor. Oh, my God. So I looked through my like little jail cell window like down the hall. And um, they're pulling people out of the cells like four at a time. It's like two guards and one of the sheep, like one of the chief guys. And they're pulling like line them up like four at a time. And um, the sheep will, like ask them, the chief guy will ask them something. And whatever answer they get gave, I guess it was wrong because then like two guards start beating them down with the batons and like throw them back in the office, um, in the jail cell. So they start going from cell. So the cell slowly getting close this to is mine. so fucked so like you know I mean, of course I, I w- again would have just had a heart attack <laughs> well I, I started getting scared started getting nervous but then I'm like yo I always had the mentality like if I know I'm gonna get jumped or I'm gonna get hit I'm gonna try to get mine first I'm get the first lick in whatever the case would be so I like start doing push-ups I start like stop my Tyson punches I like, get myself ready I'm like yo super open that door <laughs> I'm just going out and attacking and, um, Remind me to never anger you <laughs> or lock you up. So um, they get like, I did all this preparation for no fucking reason. I get like two, 
<laughs> all this preparation, no reason. No, no good reason. reason. No good reason. So we get like two, three cells away from me. And I guess like they went to lunch. It's like, all right, we're done. We're they went to lunch? I guess they just left. Like they just stopped. That was your brother again. So yeah, I guess so. Thanks. <laughs> He's like, you guys are hungry now. So then like probably like an hour later, Hassan shows back up with um my manager and they get me out to sell. And um I guess they had to pay a little fine or whatever like that. And they get me out to sell. So the whole, the whole time I'm still pissed, you know what I mean? Like, because all this could have been solved, it just paid the money. Mm-hmm. You know exactly. I mean? That three to four thousand dollars should have been paid. Oh, instantly, instantly, because it's not instantly. It, it, it wasn't a problem. To it's like that is like a price of a drink at the Four Seasons in Saudi. No, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it's oh, expensive. Maybe really, really expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive there. Yeah, but I mean them. Trading around three, four thousand dollars is like us handing off like a twenty to each other. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. That you was know? my drink metaphor. It's like twenty dollars <laughs> for a drink. You get it now? I get it now. Get it. <laughs> Went over my head a little bit. I got you. you get it now. You. Um. So so like yeah, I'm pissed. I had to give him my fingerprints and um, leave. And I've been waiting to get the stuff. We get from behind the fences and I'm quiet the whole time. So we get in the manager's car and he's like um. <laughs> He's like, you okay, Daryl? I'm like, yeah. And I wait for him to drive off. I'm like, yo, can I get my passport? And he's like, oh, yeah, get my passport. As soon as I touch my hand, I'm like, yo, take me home. I want to go home with my ticket. I want to rest my money. Fly me home. He's like, what? I was like, yo, I do not like how you handled that situation. You should have fucking paid him the money. I spent a day and a half in jail. Everyone was beat me. I could have got thrown in jail and got raped. I don't know what the fuck could have happened. Exactly. I'm like, my mama could never see me again. Yeah. I'm like, yo, send me the fuck home. I'm 100%. I'm with you. And then what happened? You went home. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so um, they take me to the the team office and stuff like that. They bring the coaches and the rest of the managers there. And then you get in this big argument because like, they're like, oh, we can't do this to us. It's going to be hard to find another player for you. So the third, I'm like, no, it's not. You're going to find some tomorrow. I don't want to hear that. Like, give me my money. And like to leave out there, you have to sign you in the country. You have to sign you out the country. It's like an exit visa. So I'm like, yo, give me my exit visa. Give me my ticket. Fuck you. I want to go home. So getting this big RV in about, and they finally like fine, fine, fine. So um, they give me the rest of my money, which was you know, I mean, a lot of teams don't do that, but they did do that. So I, I commend them for that. Give me the rest of my money, and um, I grab myself from my apartment and they drive me to the airport. Mind you, they kind of like damn, they kicked me out the car. The car was still moving. They're the like, like, get the get fuck, fuck out of here. here right? <laughs> so like, you know what I mean, I kind of kind of like giving the finger at them, like fuck all yeah. I get to the airport and like you know how you go like to the front gate so you can check in your bags and get your boarding ticket and stuff like that so i'm like three people away from the gate and then like this alarm goes off people start crying and oh no around, like, what the fuck is going on <laughs> and then the uh the gate shut down and then i like i like it's like i'm thinking like fucking the world's about to come in like this shit's about to get bombed or some zombies attack i don't know because it, it, it felt like that <laughs> zombies how did and your then, mind go to zombies yo know, everybody starts running around screaming and crying like you said the world's coming to an end right okay. see the media or okay. zombies how many of the okay. 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 okay 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 i know my mind goes zero to 100 really quick anyway uh kind of find out the king of saudi died Oh no! So what does that mean? Um, that means they shut down the country for stop. So what are you supposed to do at the airport? It's like pandemic times; like everything shut down. So um, now I'm homeless <laughs> in Saudi and can't leave for like a week. Um, no food, no water, no way to live. Oh my so god! So I had to like um, grovel, go back to the team, find a ride, get back to the team, and like beg them to let me back in my apartment. Where did you find a ride? Uh, called a taxi. Oh okay. I thought you had no money though. Oh, no, no. I, I you had, had like some. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. I, oh, right. I, they paid you. Yeah, they had a bunch yep. of cash. On me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they paid you. You had money. Um, Just said like, no, like businesses kind of shit. Right, right, right. Got it. 
And um, so yeah, so I had to go back in there and like beg them to like let me back into my apartment. What was that like? Fucking embarrassing. Like like dropping all your pride. Like your heart (laughs) falls into your stomach and you just feel sick. You're like, please, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? I have no. I don't want to sit on the street pool. (laughs) 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 It's funny that was not funny back then. It's funny now, but. They let me back in my apartment, stayed there for a week, and they opened everything back up, and then I um, stopped in London to, like, get drunk, and then I went back home. I'm noticing a theme in your life here with the drinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we drink a lot over here. <laughs> you know, lot. So you went back home, and then, um, so so then what's the process of, like, getting onto another team? Um, you, I guess you have an agent, yeah, and they I talked just... to my agent, told him about the situation. He was like, "Oh, you shouldn't have left." And I was like, "Fuck you!" you yeah, shoes. like, yeah. <laughs> first of all, he probably would have left if that happened to him. Yeah, so he kind of like bitched me about that, so he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> he got fired. I found another agent out in the Middle East to get me to another um, uh, country. So like, oh, here's, here's another funny part of the story. I was like, told my wife, I was like, I'm never going back. I'm never going back out there, man. I won't do no shit like that ever again. And then um, um, they were like, team was like, um, oh, we want you to come back out here. Some other team in Saudi's like, I want you to come back out here. Third, so like I was telling you earlier before you got on podcast, it's like you ever want don't want, I have a thing if you don't want to do a job, you throw out a really high number. Usually people will leave you alone, and then it won't be like you burn any bridges. But right. then again, you got to be careful with that because, like, I threw out a high number. Sometimes they like, like, give it to you. He was like, yeah, here you go. And then you got to make a decision. You're like, <sighs> do I want this? Because they call it the fuck you quote, right? Yeah. It's like, basically, you're saying, fuck you. Like, you're never going to pay this. And then he called your bluff. Yep. So, so then went what? back out to Sony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Different team, though. But, yeah, went back out to So, <laughs> what an end to the story. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, my bluff. Avoided that bluff so, yeah. At least you made a bunch of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So retired from basketball, you are now creating content, um, DPing. Yes. Why? Why content? Um, I don't know. I found it to be very um cool and creative. Like uh, I guess it reminds me of basketball. Like uh, my first time being like a big commercial set. It's like everybody had their own position. Everybody had their job to do and. If everybody's trying to achieve the same goal to make this wonderful masterpiece, which like in ball to win the game, right? But like, you know, what I mean, it just reminded me of basketball, and um, I was like, I want to do this, and then so, you know, I tried different departments and talked to people from different departments, and then I like having a camera in my hand and shooting actually, and then I learned about manipulating light and all sorts of stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I want to be a DP, so I chose that career path. I love that. I never. Um... I mean, I've worked in production for such a long time, but I've never thought of it like that. I've never thought of it like a team sport, but it very much is. Everyone is working towards one one goal and one final product. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's cool. And then you know, I mean, so far I've been lucky enough to meet nothing but great people like yourself mm-hmm. and some other people that I met. They've been like really nice to me. And if I don't know nothing, they don't make me feel stupid if I you know ask them a question. And um. Yeah, it's been really cool. I mean, sets in the commercials I've been on, stuff like that. Like, you know, me, you were making a dope project. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. Mm. It's been really cool. Um, you uh, came by and hung out on a set I was working on yeah. last week. And I have to thank you publicly for helping clean up the sand. I need to tell everyone watching this. So I worked on a music video last week for Lavish, this really dope Toronto artist. And Daryl came by to our set. And we built a beach inside, okay? We had like half a ton of sand yeah. to make this beautiful beach. 
right? Yeah. And then we had to remove half a ton of sand. And Daryl would just came by to, <laughs> to, to just watch. watch. And I was like, hey, Daryl, get a shovel. <laughs> Let's go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like, uh, I was like, yeah, hey, Jen, you pull out a mountain. You know, me, me, help packing up some lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, no, what you can do is um, you grab that shovel over there. And she like, shovel up the sand. And I'm like, the beach? That you build over there? Like, yeah. Um, where my shovel too? I don't know. Just get rid of it if you can. Did I do that to you? Yes. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. So when I'm in production mode, it's just like I need to do the things in front of like the things need to happen on set. I'm so sorry. That's okay. He, he was up since five. You know, it was a long day of shooting, you know what I mean? It's okay. I get it. I arranged for you to have a special thanks in the credits. Oh, I appreciate that. I was going to say credits. You deserve it. At the end of it, sand shovel. Sand remover. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you put um, um, putt life. Pod life, excuse me. Pod life on there. Putt life would be golfing. Yeah, true. (laughs) Pod life on there. Special thanks to Daryl Wong. Hashtag pod Pod life. life. (laughs) No, I really appreciate that. I, I didn't realize I asked you in such a stern manner (laughs) i really appreciate i because i couldn't imagine if i tried to move all that sand out of there i'd still be there defeated sitting on the sand it was actually because the the first um the mount that we moved so we had like shovel it into like this fine plastic bag stone put the plastic bag in these little garbage shoveling in and carry these things out yeah those little buckets yeah yeah and um I don't know his name, but it was this big guy on set. He's like kind of like low cut, had a beard, light skin, um, but like big. He had like a peach. Rebel. Okay. He's Rebel. He's Rebel. Yeah. Really, that's yeah. his actual name. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. Well, it's his. It's his yeah, that's what everybody calls him, Rebel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but big dude. So, uh, me and him like um, started shoveling. We lifted it out, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it was, it was heavy, a lot of sand, and um, I was like, he was like, he looked at me, he's like, oh man, it's like I'm telling you right now, it's like. I only got like two more trips of me doing this shit. I ain't, I ain't gonna be doing this shit no more. I was like, all right, if I catch you for two more trips, that'd be cool. Yo, he just disappeared on me. Like, Stop. I started shoveling again. I did not see that man until the job was fucking Stop. done. <laughs> <laughs> I went over to him, I was like, yo, yo, he just left me hanging, man. He was like, yo, son, I'm sorry, man. I was like, I, 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 I ain't lift that sand no more. I'm old. I'm like, ah, man, it's all good. I ain't blame you. It's all good. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I really appreciate you. No, we all. Okay. Appreciated that. It was good. Yeah, it was like I was having a great time on set. It was good to see good energy in the air. So like then the video looked like it came out dope. Yeah, I yeah. Can't yeah. Wait, I can't wait to see when it's color graded in the final product. I, I saw like the early cut. I can't wait to show you. Yeah, I'm so excited to show everyone. <laughs> it was actually funny because the very next day I was on a music video in that same studio, and I was telling the director about it. He was like, "Oh yeah, man, I, I stopped by. The set looked really cool and everything like that. Like how to get rid of all that sand?" I was like. <laughs> I was like, that was me. <laughs> well, excuse me. It wasn't just me. It was me and like two other dudes. Uh, but like it was me mainly carrying the sand out there. But like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I did that. He's like, you moved all that sand? I was like, yeah. But I'm actually kind of tired. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was not in any state to be moving the tent. I had not slept for like two days before that shoot. You, you know who needs to thank me? Who? Your friend that was coming down. In his van to move the sand. Yes. Because I don't know how somehow he thought he's gonna move all that sand in his van. Yeah, yeah, that was messed up. I don't know either. <laughs> I have no idea. That was a lot of sand. 
Then how was he going to move it to the dump? Okay, so here's the backstory, guys. So I have a friend who offered so graciously to help us move the sand. I was like, look, I have like half a ton of sand on set. Um, this is the biggest issue in my life. I don't know what's going to happen. He was like, don't worry. I'll come in an SUV, just bag it up, <laughs> put it in the SUV, and I'll take it to the dump. Like, no problem. After I swept sand for like two minutes and felt the weight of one of those bags, I don't know how that man thought that he was going to be able to take half a ton of sand by himself to a dump. And like, well, how was he going to like dump it? He was not going to. Not by itself. It was too much sand. It was so nice of him though. Like at least he tried. Yeah. Well, no? he, didn't, didn't tell him to just turn around? No, he came. He oh, ended up because he came because well, I didn't know what was going to happen because, okay. So also we didn't know if we were going to be able to find enough space in those dumpsters for the sand. Oh, we, we just shoved it in. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> there was space. Don't tell anybody. The sand is gone now. The so sand is no longer our problem. That's all that matters. <laughs> it is. At the very least, working in this industry does leave you with a lot of interesting stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, we got to wrap this up. But I do. I don't know. Have you ever listened to my podcast? You can be honest. No. I listened to the ones that you, um, the snippets that you put it on Instagram. Oh, that's another podcast. Is it? Yeah. It's oh. not this one. There's two girls in it. Oh, no, it's only be you on, on the Oh, yeah, one. I know. That's called Gossip Equals Bad. I'm going to do, sh- do it. Yeah, you it's, like it? Yeah, that should be fun. Do a shameless self promotion. I have another podcast, guys. Please go listen to it. It's called Gossip Equals Bad, where we just gossip and give you our spicy takes. We don't actually gossip. Okay, I want to clear this up. The original idea for that podcast was we're going to talk about pop culture and entertainment news and like go beneath the surface, which we do, mm-hmm. but we've been adding in a lot more of our personal stories, which are hilarious. Mm-hmm. I think. You think they're funny? Yeah. Yeah. The snippets I've seen, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely fun. Like the one time Drake liked my Instagram photo? That was funny. That was a funny story. I was not in it. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway. You sound so proud of it, though. I am still proud of it. He liked it. Champagne Poppy. I have Champagne Poppy liked my Instagram post. I will never stop talking about it. Never, ever. I'm going to be 80 years old talking to my grandkids. Being like, yep, Champagne Poppy, you know him. <laughs> He liked my Instagram. And then he's like, what the fuck is Instagram? Who is Champagne Poppy? That's exactly what he's like, What are you talking about? He's like, Grandma is crazy and senile. But they don't know. They don't know about my glory days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the reason I asked you if you've listened before is because I play this game at the end, right before we go, called, the name always changes so I can never remember it, <laughs> Tinder DMs versus song lyrics. Okay. So I'm going to read you messages okay. guys have sent me on Tinder. Mm-hmm. And FYI, I'm not actually on. The only reason I'm on Tinder is to get the messages for content for this podcast now. Um, I don't know why I feel the need to say that. But so I am on Tinder. <laughs> is the moral of this story. Um, and, or I'm going to read you song lyrics and you have to guess which, what, one? which one. Okay, ready? Okay. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Ready? I know the skies are gray today, but I still hope you're making the most of it. Oh, that's a that's a DM. Yeah. Okay. Good. Ready? Mm-hmm. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. Mm. That's a song. Yeah, that's a song. Good stuff. Okay. I think I need Corona beer. Song. 
No, DM. Yeah, it was like a whole coronavirus joke. It was stupid. Okay. Why he saying okay like I wrote the message? <laughs> I didn't get the joke on it. Yeah, and me neither. Okay. It's warm here, but colder without you. Oh, that's a lyric. That's a DM. They stole that from a song. Yo, guys are dropping lyrics in my DMs. Tinder, I guess it's not really DMs, my Tinder messages. Okay. You're the only one I want to wear my orange sweater. I, I hope that's a Twitter and not a song. Because that, that would be a whack-ass song lyric. It's a song! What artist? So I feel like... I'll okay. tell you after, because all the lyrics are from the same song today. Okay. I was unprepared. <laughs> okay. If we're going to die, we may as well just do it while we can. So... Tinder. Yo, who are these people? <laughs> That's like an opening message to you, or y'all having a conversation? I'll tell you. So, okay, I'm gonna tell you the story about that after. I'm gonna read one more, okay? Okay. Who you been vibing with, and why I can't make you mine? That's Tinder. Song. Okay, I'm okay. So, um. All all the lyrics came from one song. The song is called Cash Song Cash Page. Okay, literally I just googled love song lyrics right before here. This is the song here. Lyrics, song, cash page. Never heard of it. Songwriter, Kyla Woolen. We don't know this song, but it had great snippets for the game. Um, and then the Tinder conversation that you wanted to know more about, I'll tell you. Hold on. So that was this, oh yeah. Okay, so I have a video on my Tinder of me in Abu Dhabi sandboarding. Okay. And then he said, tell me, how did the story end with the sandboard? Uh, and I said, it ended with me running through the desert with my best friend. Then he said, when, that's a long time. We don't even know when this thing is going to end. If we're going to die, we may as well just do it while we can. No? Ha, 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 ha. Well, I guess that's not a bad ending to the story. Yeah, he took that, like, to the extreme. He took it and he ran with it, you know? Um. Anyways, you did a horrible job at that game. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. I'll start off strong just, just <laughs> <laughs> thank you for playing with me and thank you for having me in your home and being on the pod no pod life pod life, pod life okay. <laughs> um and i follow you and I follow all of your wonderful projects and i know you're gonna do great things i love hearing your basketball stories i can't wait for everyone to see the project that we are working on yes. and if everyone who's listening to this or watching this would like to follow you also how can they do that <laughs> You can follow me on Instagram. It's the only thing I probably really check. <laughs> At um, do no wrong. That's really it. Yeah. Oh my god! Do you know how stupid I am? I thought it was Dono Wong, and I was like, "Who is Dono?" So I had this. I had this fans. They um, they, I used to have like they made like a um a web page for it. I don't know if it's still up, but it was um they had all these um phrases with my name in it. It's like um, so do no wrong. That makes um, so much more sense. Um, my wife has some of the teachers. I think she thinks it's still, but it was like it's like three, four, five catchphrases, and had like a whole section and we'll wear it. 
and cheer for me every time I got scored and stuff like that. Duno Wong is so clever. I was like, who's Dono? <laughs> I was like, is that Daryl's nickname that I don't know about? Dono Wong? I li- I Makes so much sense. Do no Wong. Okay, do no Wong. Also looks like Dono Wong. D-O-N-O-W-O-N-G-E. Yes. That's it. Okay. You have anything else you want to tell people? Pod life. All day, every day. That's right.